Are you a sheep? No. You're a dragon. Be a dragon. This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because girls don't play, girls games. Don't play games. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into their prime to be the role models, dreams and voices. Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Hearing, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Monica and with me today is my lovely, hilarious, amazing, glorious, a bit rainy, soon to be uh, on a sleepover amazing Amanda. That was annoying, I'm sorry. That was, <laughs> that's me. Hi, I'm Amanda. <laughs> I don't know why I got described as rainy, but um, I'm I'm I am going to a sleepover today, so I'll I'll take it. I should have said rain enduring or something. Yeah, maybe <laughs> it has been nonstop rain here in Northern Ireland for like three weeks. Please, somebody send me to Florida. We could switch weather or merge weather, I would say, because we have it super hot and stuff, and I don't really like that. So maybe we can. Uh. Can you send that my way? Obviously. Yeah. Who was that, Monica? Is there guests on the show? <laughs> it sounds like it, doesn't it? For those of you who have no idea what's going on, we have an interview again today. And we're going to talk about something very awesome with two amazing people. So we are going to talk about anime and manga today with our two amazing guests, Jenny and Nat. Welcome, you. Hi, everybody. Yay. Hi. So how are you two doing? It is actually sunny right now, but uh, cold in June in Canada. Unheard of. <laughs> I'm tired of it, but I'm good. I'm good. It's all good. And on the other side of the world, Jenny, how is it there? <laughs> so currently I'm in Malaysia. It's very humid. So whenever you get into the shower you and get out of it, you're still wet. But otherwise, <laughs> struggle of what warm weather and uh, what is it? Tropics? Humidity. No. Humidity. So let's just jump right into who you are. Maybe you can let us know who each of you are and why you're here. Nat? Hi. Okay. Um, I'm Nat, uh, Natalie. Uh, I don't really know what to put in here. I'm a perpetual lifelong student, I'm working on my third post secondary education. And I plan on opening a metaphysical New Age Wiccan occult shop with my husband in a couple of years once I've done my degree. And I am a total 100% geek, have, apart from horror. I uh, don't really have a genre that I don't like other than horror. You will not catch me going to a horror film and <laughs> alive or dead. Can confirm. <laughs> Yeah, Amanda can When you were off uh, off mic with us, we discovered, Natalie, it's almost 20 years. Yeah. And wow. I felt really old. I, I had a total metaphysical moment. I was like, oh. <laughs> I know. the age is catching up with us. Jenny, how about you? Who are you and where are you? I mean, we heard where you are, but who are you? Thanks, Monica. Hi, everybody. My name is Jenny, and I am a digital nomad currently based in Malaysia. And besides liking anime and manga, I am an Arashi. It is a famous idol group in Japan. So I'm an Arashi fangirl all the way. That is something that I can talk all day long. Ask me about what they wear, their perfumes, <laughs> where they are. <laughs> I'm almost a stalker, kinda. But <laughs> perfumes is kind of a bit stalkery. Right. But whatever. This J-pop scene is a bit different anyway, right? So a lot of people know a lot of things about J-pop stars. So I feel that's totally normal. We're always on the lookout. That's really part of the culture of, of being a J-pop idol, though, right? It's having everybody know everything about your business. Exactly. So for if my group was recently featured in as a spokesperson for Japan Airlines and their faces, we knew what flight landed in Manila and what flight number was that? So, <laughs> jeez, nice. Were you, were you there with your signs? Ah, I wish, I wish, but I was already in Malaysia. Ah. 
Amen. Um, so let's move over to our rapid fire round. What do you say, Amanda? I say go. Okay. So our first question, where are you from? I mean, we had it already, but whatever. I'm from a town just outside of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, which is the unofficial capital of the country. Uh, it really is center of the world. Um, as some people from Canada can attest to. <laughs> um, but our basketball team just won the championship for the first time ever last night. And even though I'm not a not much of a Raptors fan, basketball fan, that's a big deal. First time in franchise history. So, yay! Go Raptors! Go Raptors! It explains Amanda's stories. So Jenny, where are you from? So I am born and raised in Manila, Philippines, but I've lived in the U.S. for a while in Idaho and also a month in Portugal and now living in Malaysia. So living around. Nice. Yeah, living that digital nomad life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nat, when are you a geek since? Tell me a year and a story of your first geek experience. I can't really remember my first or like uh when year wise but it was probably probably in the 90s early 90s um when sailor moon first came to canada and the u.s that's really one of the first things i can point to but i remember my dad reading me the hobbit when i was a kid and then moving into the lord of the rings so i don't have an exact date but my love of all things geek kind of stemmed from the world of tolkien and, and moving on from that. Jenny, same question. So actually same, almost same year as Nat. I started with uh, with fandoms and geek stuff when my uncles first introduced me to comic books and it was X-Men. And this is like hardcore, you know, when they have limited edition, I cannot open the book too wide and I had to wear gloves kind of deal. Gloves and stuff? Yes, yes. <laughs> And then I discovered my mother's box of Harlequin books, and that started my love of reading. So both reading, one has, you know, joy, scribbly pictures, and the other one has just words. So, but yep, those are my first geeky stuff. Cool. So Nat, what is your biggest influence in the geeky realm? So it could be books, movies, TV shows, teachers, games, or something along those lines books definitely tolkien i don't just read uh the hobbit and lord of the rings like i have some early and unfinished tales and the extended history of middle earth because i'm a total nerd and mccaffrey's dragon riders of Pern series was one of the book series that my cousins and i just switched back and forth between like the four of us so when i finished with one i'd pass it on to my cousin and he passed one on to me and so good amazingly epic terry pratchett Discworld. Amazing. Simple to read, uncomplicated, but depth. So much depth. Same with Simon R. Green, uh, his Nightside series, which I just got into about 10 years ago. Introduced to that by my friend Stefan. I love it. I'm writing a fanfic that kind of evolved into a fanfic sequel of the Nightside series. It wasn't intended to be. But then all of the, my biggest draw as a classic student is the like on his name rick riordan percy jackson heroes of olympus the kane trilogy all of the extended the demigod stuff all of that i am in love with it because it's so freaking accurate it's insane so basically everything <laughs> basically everything no legit like when i was listening to the first episode you guys did i was like there's too much games Definitely, my big thing is Neverwinter. It's a D&D video game. Cool. Um, it's available on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. So much fun. I love it. I've been playing for like a year and a half. But yeah, that's that's me. Those are my biggest influences. And I'm done. Awesome. So Jenny, over to you. Your biggest influences. So biggest influences. My favorite author of all time is Judith McNaught. And she wrote Regency, Regency Romance. So that really got me into all kinds of romance books. X-Men, besides starting the fandom, uh, it became, it started my writing habits. I also started writing fanfic because of X-Men comic books. When there's nothing to do in summer and you don't want to clean the house, <laughs> you write. So there's nothing on TV. 
so X-Men and stuff. And yeah, anime and manga actually has a big role in my life in terms of what I chose for college, which we'll discuss later on, I think, and uh, leading to my Arashi fandom currently. And, you know, being all like in Japanese culture, going there, uh, consuming their media, all of that stuff, the Japanese stuff. Awesome. So last rapid fire round point is current geeky pastimes. What are you up to net nowadays? Besides everything. Yeah, besides everything. <laughs> A lot of it is the anime and manga, um, like we'll talk about, but I've been really enjoying the recast and the revisiting of my old anime. So like Sailor Moon Crystal. I was in love with it, and I really wish that they would continue on season four and season five. That's another story. They sequeled Carcaptor Sakura, which is amazing. So it's like today's graphics, and I mean, it's a bit, there's a bit of a disjunct between the original series and now because of the technology. So you see them using modern technology in the new series, which is only like a year older <laughs> versus, you know, like the floppy disks and no uh, phones and stuff from the 90s and early 2000s when the show originally aired but it's really really good like it, it's got an excellent premise and you know sakura deals with all of the challenges of a middle school girl because she's that much older um but no fruits basket as we said oh my god freaking <laughs> in love with it the artwork is amazing they're following the manga to a freaking t I really have to Google that afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I mean, I expect that the first the first arc, like until Kyo transforms into his ultimate cat and all of that, you're going to hear my dog yipping in the background. I apologize. She's she's a good girl, but she wants daddy's attention. But yeah, so I, I think that it's going to play similarly to the original series. But then once we get past that end of the arc, I'm so excited to see how the world evolves on the visual screen. Um, but my big manga draw right now is Yona of the Dawn in its English title. Nice. It is so good. And I really wish they would continue the anime past I where know. they did. Still waiting for that. It's amazing. The world is so vast. The characters are so in-depth. And while, yes, Yona does play originally the damsel in distress character she totally steps up yep. when she realizes that her friends and then her people because she's a princess are in danger they're suffering she's like i can't stand by and watch this i have to do something and then she disobeys her not to give too many spoilers away her dad father's policies about no weapons and shit and she takes up the bow and arrow and she becomes a very good archer so even if you forgot, like, you, you don't even pay attention to the rest of the side characters, who are all guys. It's a total reverse harem, but it's great. All the guys are, like, totally strong in their, in their, in their way. And, yes, they come to save the day and they protect Yona because that's what they do. She doesn't want them to. And she makes that point of saying, I can take care of myself. They choose to, to take care of her. But she never, she doesn't go running to them after she, you know, picks up her own two socks and grows as a person which is one of the reasons i love it and the manga is so good so long there's so much material to cover i really want them to do the anime awesome definitely going to put that one in the show notes jenny what are your current geeky pastimes so i got hooked into what they call otome games it's basically a reverse harem dating simulation so the Current um, most popular one is Kiss by the Baddest Bidder. And so basically you have seven guys to choose from and then you play through the story. And they have different endings depending on what you choose. Like it's a choose your own adventure romance kind of deal. Yes, I totally have a few of those on my phone. See, see? Yeah. And I heard, I heard Voltage is actually going to be putting them on Nintendo Switch. So it's like, oh my God, I'm going to buy a Nintendo Switch just for this. What is it called again? It's, um, well, it's called Otome Games. It's basically a reverse dating simulation game. So one girl, many guys, and you, you just, just choose which guy you want. Um, and then from there, I actually made friends with other writers because now we're writing fanfics off, off of those games. It's like, eh, don't really like that storyline. Let's create our own. So Those are PC games? 
They're on uh, Apple, so on iPhones, iPads, and they're actually also in Android. So mostly cool. on the on the phone. And yeah, besides also supporting my Arashi group, uh, they just <laughs> hit 20 years together. Um, and so really happy and trying to get as much as I can and not being bankrupt with all of the merchandise that they're <laughs> getting out. And still being able to travel with it. <laughs> exactly. That too. Um, but anime manga wise, not much following. Um, but the one that I do follow religiously every week is One Piece. And that's more than 800 episodes. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> Okay, so I think that we're pretty established that today we're going to be talking about anime and manga. So I'm going to slip in here with a question from one of our listeners. So this question comes from Karina, and she said that she would like to hear what you two feel set anime and manga apart from comic books besides the drawing style. What is it that makes it an art form in and of itself? I think for me, it manga becomes unique because it's just of the culture and how it's it's treated. And, you know, I've read X-Men and Western and I actually, you know, also read my own local comic books um, in the Philippines. And as you know, she mentioned, it's not only the art, but how they choose the topics. And it's usually based on the culture. So and as I was saying, I actually did learn a lot from anime and manga um, in terms of sports. Like, I'm not really interested in sports in real life, but, you know, I learn about what football is, you know, the type of uh, pitching they do for baseball, the, the tennis spins and cycling. And it's like that I wouldn't really like do and follow in real life. And now I do. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just how I guess the most mundane things, including, you know, cooking shows. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yes. fantastic with anime and manga. I think that's what makes it unique. I would have to agree. For me, I don't really find that there is much of a difference because you can find all of those topics within regular like American comic books and cartoons, right? Both genres cover a wide variety of topics. Mm -hmm. um, I like that anime does tend to touch more on the taboo side, right? Nothing's out of, nothing's out of bounds, yeah. even yeah. when it is out of bounds. But that's the whole point of it, right? You know, manga and anime was always meant to be accessible to everyone. It wasn't just a chi it wasn't just for kids. Right. Where comics are generally targeted to kids and later graphic novels to teens and adults, manga was always all ages. And if you look at Japanese culture, you see all of that directed at adults. Us are a main target audience for regular anime and manga. And I mean, yeah, you get your division story for kids and mature audiences, but generally the manga world was all of Japan. And that's one of the things I really liked that there wasn't a lot of, unless the storyline was specifically targeted to a specific age, there wasn't a lot of division between the people who read anime and watch, or read manga and watch anime and the people who don't. It's the big division between the otakus like us, because we totally are. For people who have no idea what an otaku is, that's a hardcore fan, basically. So it's the epiphany of a fan for in anime and manga culture. Yeah, so not me. So not <laughs> me, but definitely Janie and I. Yeah. But yeah, like that's one of the things I, I really like, and that, that's the big difference I see between the two. Because you see badass women, you see damsels in distress, you know, you see the over-accentuating, and I'm totally looking at the old X-Men. A uh, cartoon from the 90s, the over-accentuating female body parts and the super skin type costumes that they wear, you know, all of that. You get that in American comics and American cartoons, but you get it in anime and manga as well. So I think the big difference is kind of the, the target audience. My perspective to anime and manga was always that those are really from a Japanese cultural perspective. So there are certain things that are very typical, like Japanese, like when men and boys get excited about a girl, they always get a nosebleed, for example. So those <laughs> yeah. are all, there, yeah. there, is, there are certain types of things that very, very specifically stems from the Japanese culture. 
I feel if you watch them, then you if you if you get into it, then you see the difference somehow that that Western comics don't have that specific vibe to them. I would say mm-hmm. that it's it's all often very excited, is often very loud, and 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 as you say, there are like a lot of different different topics, but the 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 perspective is always very japanese centered even if they look into western territory but there are a lot of things that you would not find in the western comics that you definitely find um in japanese uh, in animes and mangas i would say fair point i agree yeah i mean i can't think of anything else but the nosebleed right now but that's just one of the things but that hits the nail on the head though like that's that's like key yeah you can't like think of you know what normal cartoons like the flintstones having a nosebleed or you know scooby-doo <laughs> wolverine never got a nosebleed out of uh erotic excitement let's just call it that. <laughs> not so much so i don't have a lot of experience uh, in this genre i my experience is sailor moon in the 90s uh, i i was obsessed with sailor moon in the 90s and then from there like my interest moved on to other things i didn't sustain an interest in in manga in in anime um there was a a person who tried to rekindle that when i went to university but it didn't happen so for me i lost interest but you two love it what is it that you love about about it um one of the things i love most about anime is that nothing's off limits literally you get every kind of story Mm -hmm. um and and the point of that was because as Brian reminded me, and I just had forgotten about it, it was a kind of a sexual revolution for the population, right? It's their way of expressing the do's and don'ts of sexual behavior. And yes, I'm using that for like the, the older audiences. Um, but you see a lot of like, for the younger kids where they're introduced to a new person and then they fall in love and whatnot. And then they find out that the person's their brother and then they have to deal with those ancestral feelings. It's weird. I know it doesn't get covered in American and Canadian cartoons, right? But this is, this is the way that they deal with these instances, right? This is the way that they teach their kids what is right and what is wrong kind of thing. And I, I really, really, I like that. Um, they love showcasing badass women. Like seriously, yeah. fairy tale, not a single weak person in the thing. It's awesome. Jenny? <laughs> well, for me, since, you know, I'm into books, it's, it's usually the stories. So it's the story that draws me in first and then the art. So, you know, just referring back to X-Men comics, it's still... You know, you see normal body parts. They might have weird hair once in a while and those (laughs) skin tight costumes with X's on them. But, you know, when I got introduced to Dragon Ball with the sharp lines and those out of this earth hair, I just had to follow it. And then Sailor Moon came around and there's this heroine who has like meat buns, the dangos is what they call on her hair. And it's like, who would take her seriously? Like, she's a ditz. She's really a ditz. But at the same time, it's like she's what we call a cinnamon roll, like really pure at heart. And you would support that. You would just support that. <laughs> Amanda, she's the nukes commander of Sailor Moon. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's I love that all the contrast, the fantasy. I mean, they have Ranma, which, you know, who would have thought you can think of a storyline where you change gender by determining if you got hot or cold water thrown at you through, <laughs> you know, the, the tentacle sex of Orotsuki Doji. I mean, Japan, <laughs> you're really, you know, repressed. And the One Piece for Pirates for Luffy. I'm just really excited because of all of the stories, the all the creativity that goes into it. And most of these, what we call mangakas, the creators of the anime and manga, they, yep. they're they not only just I write and I draw. It's it's together. So that's pretty talented and amazing. So that's what I really love about it. I feel that the Japanese, we already talked about this once in a previous episode, they were very early or they're very, they have no problem with gender bending 
in general no so the males yeah, are always so so there is always that's always really fluid in animes and mangas basically everything gender wise is possible so as you say with ranma with the switching gender or in general basically everything else is possible but they often seem so oppressed culturally i feel animes and mangas help them explore everything else that they can't yeah. really do openly in public so uh -huh. it's a way to get everything out basically so creatively it's a outlet for trying everything out which you wouldn't do in real life so maybe that's why it's so creative and everything goes yeah i mean in, in sailor moon we already have you know sailor neptune and uranus for mm -hmm. you know for having a relationship and then when yuri on ice came out two years ago or a year ago where it's ice skating but it's now two guys in just yeah. that one scene that they were, you know, hugging and the world exploded, especially at least on Tumblr. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, they are kids. <laughs> and now it's socially acceptable yeah. for guys to be in that kind of relationship. So yeah. it's like, yay, Japan. And there is also, um, Jenny, did you watch the, blanking on the name, um, it's an all boys school. And the guys are the ones that actually go through the magical transformation. And I am completely blanking on the name. No, it's so good because instead of the female, the women coming to the rest, it's all guys. Binan Koko Love. Sorry, I just read it. Yes, that one. But there's an there's an English name for it. And I was trying to remember the English name. You Googled better than I did. I was like, Sailor Moon, but guys. <laughs> No, that's Didn't legit, bring though. anything up. <laughs> Cute High Earth Defense Club, love. That's it. Wow, that's a very, not very smooth name. It tells you nothing about the show. <laughs> what is the difference between anime and manga? Just like talk to me like I have no idea what I'm talking about. Manga is the books, anime is the TV show. That's, yeah, it's basically the difference between a comic book and a cartoon. Thank you. Much appreciated. <laughs> What made you fall in love with this genre? Like, is there is there a specific anime or manga that was was it for you guys? Like, it was the one that made you be like, this is the genre for me. Sailor Moon, deaf. It's um, the first anime that I really got into, and it's one of the first mangas that I remember buying. There's a bunch of stuff out back in the day, like Inuyasha and Vision of Escaflone, which is amazing, but I would not Classics. recommend that as a no. Mm -hmm. The classics, right? The classics. <laughs> Um, Pokemon, yes. Okay, I'm a total, total geek. I still watch it. You saying Escaflone, that reminded me that was the one that my friends tried to get me into at university. It, yeah, see, it, I, I say this later on, it's not one for an intro. Yeah, no, I could not get into it. <laughs> no, I'm, I, it, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. It's not one to be an introduction anime. No, it's amazing, it and is. it's great, but it's not not when you start off with so there janice told you i just wasn't into it <laughs> <laughs> so jenny what was your anime and manga epiphany uh definitely for me i started with dragon ball and my first anime crush was trunks the guy that had a purple hair <laughs> <And so> <laughs> yeah it's a friend that introduced it to to me in high school and this is the time that it wasn't airing yet on TV. There's no subs, but I can understand because they're always shouting at the time. And <laughs> it really got me hooked into it because I also heard my neighbor. Um, so we're living in like a, a, a townhouse. So there's thin walls and I can hear him, you know, watching the same thing that I had to muster up the courage to ask my neighbor um, where he rented the VHS. And yeah, VHS, if people don't know what the VHS is. Back in the day. <laughs> For the younger listeners amongst us, <laughs> that's what you used to watch videos with. Exactly. And you can still rent stuff and not stream it. Um, and But it was, it was Dragon Ball Z that got hooked, me hooked into it. There was other animes that's already being shown locally on TV, like Voltron. Daimos and Galaxy Express 999, but it's really Dragon Ball Z. And then the local uh, channel picked up Sailor Moon and that just sealed the deal for me. So much that since I was in high school, it made my decision to that it's gonna be my course in college. So I have a degree in Bachelor of Arts, International Studies majoring in Japanese. 
for the fact that I wanted to understand what the hell they're talking about. Kind of sadly, though, uh, I mean, you know, I'm still listening to J-pop and watching J-dramas and, of course, watching anime and manga. But I'm not fluent yet. I'm still working on it. <laughs> I feel that's a nice side effect for all the animes and mangas that whoever watches it really starts to get more into the language and wants to learn it. Yeah, because that's a side effect that happened for me as well. I mean, it didn't go very far. I can still say, uh, have a nice meal, eat the dakimas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, there were always a lot of animes and mangas in our television that I didn't even realize was an anime or a manga. So, I mean, I don't know if you know Heidi. That's like the typical Austrian yes. series, which is actually yes. from like actually an anime. I still had the vinyls for those. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That was really cool. And there are a lot of series like the we call I don't even know the English names. They're called the kickers. It's a football thing. How is your experience generally as a woman being an otaku, as we established? How's your experience with it as someone who is a fan of that? And also maybe content and story wise? Um, for me it's it's fairly normal. I mean, it's not like um I, my entire families are like sports fans and stuff like that. So it's not like mm. the random women who used to go to football, American football games. And now that's growing. I think there's always been a niche for women in the anime and manga markets. But for me, it's when I go to the cons, when I go to Fan Expo here, everybody expects that if you're an anime and manga fan, that you're cosplaying. Mm. And that if you're going to wow. cosplay, you're cosplaying at like you're going to fit into the stereotype of the character that you're portraying. Right. Mm. So I that's one of the reasons why I've been so hesitant on it. I've never cosplayed. I want to really, really bad. And I have a few characters ah, that I would love to do. You should. I, I will eventually. <laughs> um, but it's it's so difficult. And I have a, a, a male friend who cosplays and one year. He gender bent lightning from Final Fantasy. Mm. And it was amazing. It was such an amazing costume and he did so well with it. But he got shit on, like hard. You're a guy and you're gender bending and you shouldn't be doing this kind of thing. So, no comments on the state of the costume or, you know, the fact that he loves it and he just wants to do honor to his favorite character. Women face that a lot all the time when they go to these things. Um, It's one of the reasons I've never made it over to Anime North is because everybody's expected all the time to cosplay. Mm -hmm. And if you don't fit into that specific role, mm -hmm. then it becomes an issue and people really, really take issue with it. There's like, there's actually a whole movement about keeping the honesty in cosplay, respecting the, the person portraying the character, not respecting the character kind of thing. It's interesting that you say that because of, in the episodes about cosplay that we had with my friend who was cosplaying for quite a long time, her experience is totally different from yours. Like she said that it, the community is really accepting to her. I mean, but we're talking, they were all in Germany, so there could be definitely yeah. a cultural aspect there as well. We suck over here. I mean, we do too. <laughs> like gender bending is totally possible and you can be a chubby Sailor Moon and all of that. So it's pretty mm. bo body positive as well. Yeah. Oh, I think it's, I definitely think it's getting better. But definitely like when I was first starting to go to cons, that was my initial reaction. And it's really um, affected how I see oh, yeah. women in this genre, fans in this genre kind of thing. It's yeah. like you have to still fit that traditional idea of the character. And even when you're not cosplaying, right? I used to play D&D &D and I'm a larger girl, Amanda knows. But even then, role-playing on a tabletop, they're still expecting you to be the sexy nerd girl. And I yes. think that that portrayal in popular media I think that's been a little on the detrimental side. I love Felicia Day. Don't get me wrong, but she's hot. You know? <laughs> she is. But even she got a lot of shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm so glad for everything she's done for women in the nerd culture. But she's hot. And people expect everybody to look like Felicia Day. But even Felicia Day got shit for her looking like shit. 
Yes. So that's that's what I'm saying. So it's always in the eye of the beholder and that always generally sucks. So there are always people who will find you totally not lookable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And those who will. So don't feed the trolls. (laughs) I'm trying not to. Jenny, how is your experience in that regard, women and anime? Since, you know, I had become interested while I was in the Philippines, it's both a mix of both good and bad. So when we started uh, our first anime convention in the Philippines, I was part of that. So I was an attendee, a cosplayer and a volunteer. I don't know how I'm, yeah, I don't know how we managed that. (laughs) So, and it's the amazing thing is, you know, the place that I'm staying at right now, my friend's place, she was part of that group. We've been friends for a long time and I've grown with these people, you know, they're married, they have kids. So it's it's really amazing what fandom can do to bring people together. Um, but in terms of cosplaying, as Nat was saying, there's also some downsides, you know, if, yeah, if you're hot, then you're put on a pedestal and everybody's looking to you and the men are like really clingy. And of course, it's going into the really darker side of, you know, somebody would fund your cosplays if you only cosplay for them. And it, not even talking about the cosplay culture in Japan, where, you know, mm. they have, you, you get paid to stand there and you're surrounded by all of these cameras like paparazzi. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's also like, you know, because of cosplay, people become celebrities. Like um, Aloria Goseng Fiao is one of the, she now is a YouTube host and she interviews celebrity, but because she, you know, cosplayed a Final Fantasy seven. No, it mm. was eight, sorry, Final Fantasy eight. And now she's, you know, the hottest thing. And of course, when you're in anime and manga, you want to be as accurate as possible. So it brings out the creativity in people in terms of creating their own costumes and props and everything. Um, the other good thing is that my sister was also part of that volunteer and now it's her business now. She actually runs one of the biggest and longest running conventions, anime conventions in the Philippines. And they nice. just celebrated 10 years last year. So it's pretty awesome. My nieces also cosplay. And she, yeah, she also gender bends. She likes to cosplay um, male characters and she does her own wigs, contacts, makeup, hardcore. Um, but for me personally, because I chose anime and manga so I can learn the language, um, people really doubted me of why I chose this as a major for college because they couldn't see a return on investment if you're not in business or becoming a doctor, a lawyer, or IT. Then it's like, what are you doing? Because you can't even like, I don't draw, so I can't be an animator because that's usually what people want to be. Um, And even though my current work is not related to anime and manga, I think being in that fandom was actually one of the best decisions I ever made in life. I, you know, it's, I'm really happy with the fandom. It feeds my creativity. I, I feel alive. So I don't care if you see cartoons, anime, mangas for kids. It's like, I don't care. It makes me happy. I do what I love. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel it is a very special and tight-knit community. I've been to three conventions when I was around 17 to 20-something. So it's also quite a while ago. But it's like on the conventions themselves, you see that the community is really tight-knit and there is like love everywhere so if you feel at home there you can find the bestest of friends basically yeah if you feel like you fit there then that's just amazing i feel yeah definitely do you guys want to share um any experiences that you've had in the communities um positive or or maybe negative you know based on kind of your your gender and being a woman and uh well i've I've kind of already shared my negative about like the fact that everybody's in the at least here, they expect you to cosplay. But my first year going to Fan Expo, um, back forever ago, I went because Michael Shanks, who is who plays Dr. Daniel Jackson on Stargate SG-1, and one of my favorite people, and the actual inspiration for me doing my classics and archaeology degree, uh, he was there. So I was going intentionally, 100% intentionally to meet him. Didn't even realize that 
the original English voice actress for Ray Hino, Sailor Mars, uh, was going to be there. And I completely geeked out. I fangirled hard. I was like, I have been, like, I've been a Sailor Moon fan since I was, you know, six. And I, Sailor Mars was one of my favorite characters. And, you know, because she's sassy and she's a total bitch. And I loved it. And I related to it. And she signed one of my pictures. And then the following year, like, they had the entire original cast there. So that was amazing. I was so, I still have the pictures signed outside so that I can frame them <laughs> and put them up somewhere when I have room. But that was like one of the best experiences ever. And yeah, she's, she was so, so nice. I, I love going to Fan Expo and I really hope I can go this year. And I think that's the amazing things when you, when you go to a convention is you have those opportunities to yes. to meet the people in the industry. So for me, you know, I was lucky enough for Satoru Ozawa sign my costume for nice. the Submarine Six when I cosplayed the, the character. And then of course our very guest, first guest for that Philippine convention was Yu Watase for the creator of Fushigi Yugi. <gasps> I read yes. that. It's like oh my so god. So good. It's like you don't understand what I'm saying, but yay! <laughs> You're so welcome. Um, I think just the negative stuff for me. I mean, all fandoms and community have their own drama, and for yeah. us, it started really early on because it's it was a small community, cosplaying community it was just getting established in the Philippines. And of course, if it's you know as more conventions come out, you'd always like to join when you can. And every convention, when you make a new costume, you get better and better. And so my friends and I kept winning and winning. And the new people coming in, it's like, oh my gosh, it's the same old bananas. They, why do people love them? It's like, you better create better costumes. Drama, we don't need that. Let's just have fun. Because it's always re really dear to everyone's heart, the fandom. So I feel that it's easy to step on someone's toes in that regard because it is something that it's really that they really care about. But yeah, yeah, take the drama out of that shit. Nobody needs drama anymore. But I feel you have to get older for that to sink in as well. In the, your teens, your, your life is a big drama in general. Um, So I'm going to ask two questions here for you both. How is gender and gender inequality dealt with in anime and manga and then a question relating to this from one of our listeners Taryn and she's talking about My Hero Academia which I'm gonna assume is an anime yes <laughs> she says that they have some amazing women in the series and the best boy too all the best boys and girls and all of everything <laughs> that is all and she says that she would be interested in your take on why most anime girls get so much hate from viewer girls in certain series. She thinks it's a pretty big problem and admits that she's guilty of it herself for some series, but she would like to hear your point of view. I've honestly never watched My Hero Academia. I've heard it's great. It's on my watch list. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, but Brian's been watching Little Witch Academia, which I don't know if there's a connection there or not. <laughs> and uh, almost all of the characters are female. And I honestly find almost all of them like super annoying <laughs> and i i think it's just because brian watches them in english and i generally can't stand <laughs> english dubs that's my biggest issue that i tend to have with female characters is whether or not their voice agrees with how i think that their, their english voice agrees with how i think that their japanese voice sounds let me ask you not do you get the same thing with english dub voices for male characters or is it solely for female characters definitely with male characters as well but i think nine times out of ten it's the women i think the way it is is that they try and sound almost ditzier like those characters try and make themselves sound ditzier or if there happens to be a casting change in between seasons or in between series that the voice actress will either try to sound too much like the original or they won't even try at all. I don't know if this is really a, uh, an aspect of gender or gender inequality because I don't think they're doing it intentionally. I think they're trying to pick the best cast that they can for the people. I think it's just a personal, I can't stand sound of certain people's voices. And just like going off tangent on what she said, for me, I can't 
I cannot stand English dub at all. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more of, I understand that, you know, when you translate it, then you have to broadcast it to the audience. And of course, if it's an American audience or a Western audience, you have to use their idioms and their slangs. But for me, it's like, I'm not watching it. <laughs> I mean, you two talk from a standpoint of being super spoiled with having most of the things you watch in life as in, a, in, a, in its original version. Yeah. Me as a, an Austrian gets everything in German. So it's oh, once no. you get the difference. Uh. So once you see the difference between the original version of everything and the dubbed version of everything, we're not only talking, I'm not only talking about animes and mangas, I'm talking about everything you see on television that comes mm. from the US, which is 90%. Once you hear the original, you can't ever go back to a dubbed version in either language, I would say, because it's just horrible. And that's and that's a thing too, it's like which I give like kudos and props to, you know, translators. It's, it's really different to get the 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 gist the context of what it is and still try to engage a different audience so um but that was all tangent uh, i think i can only think of two things about uh you know women disliking other women in anime and manga the first one was in sailor moon i know that was a big issue in japan when sailor uranus and neptune came out and i at least i know from experience because i'm again i came from an all-girls catholic school that they're just not friends so um but yeah but because of the japanese culture that was just way ahead of their time and just like mm, what are they doing and that was such a big yeah. scandal and for me it's like it happens every day <laughs> so, oh the other incident was this new anime called utano prinsama the princess of song and it's basically a reverse harem And the main female character is called Nanami. And of course, she's pursued by six. It started off with six. Now she has four boy bands. Um, <laughs> they all want her to be their, their songwriter. And, you know, she's not only, I mean, she's not the, you know, the, the big boob sexy lady. She's the usual, you know, anime Japanese girl. But she has talent. She can write songs. And other females, I don't know, started hating on her. like what's so good about her why is she pursued by all of these hot men and it's like that's not the point they like her yeah. you know why why do you have to hate on that um and i mean there's other reverse har harems out there where the girl is you know it's like oh my gosh she's so close i'm you know i'm blushing which is just totally fine But that's the point of the anime, okay? We're not, the girl is not supposed to be strong, independent. She's, we're exploring the, the emotional part of that anime. Yeah. So your dislike is misplaced. I think the only other one I really like is this vampire one. And oh, the girl is just, she's just taking everything. Now that's what I don't like. I mean, it's, it's okay to get flustered by guys, but when you're just like, <laughs> already being bullied by the guys it's like come on come on you know that's wrong <laughs> just say something yeah i feel that it it might be a representation of the real world though sometimes because i feel there is a lot of competition amongst women very often in life so since we have limited spaces in all our reality we want to keep that spot and if someone claims the spot that we want is easy to get really competitive to how women often deal with that problem is by bitching about it which is sad which is really sad it yeah. is really sad we still have quite a way to go because if you want to get further as women we have to, we have to work together And it's not about taking someone else's spot, but creating room for everyone. Um, but I feel that's just one side effect why also girls and women diss on um, female characters in animes, besides the the sub the dubbing situation being horrible. Yeah, that I think that's just a personal thing, to be honest. No, I, I no, I I do feel that it's very different because the dubbing and the the voice actors in Japan 
they are like super hyped. Like you don't know as much about Western or German voice actors as you do with the voice actors for all the animes. So that's like a super huge culture where you know everyone and you know the name and you know what they've done. And that's very rare. I feel with, I mean, English, I don't know, but in German, definitely. You you wouldn't know a lot of the people. You might remember some, but it's not like that super big hype where you get all excited that you get the voice actor who's, who's the voice of Sheldon Cooper, for example. With English, it's like you find that it's the same group of voice actors across oh, yeah. the board. So like, I'll watch Fairy Tale, and I use this often because I'm obsessing with the the final season so far and i'm like i'm listening to erza and i'm watching through english with brian because he doesn't want to watch through the japanese with me so i'm, I'm listening and i'm like oh my god i know that voice where do i know that voice from and then i i, I wait for the credits i can almost never pick it out but i'll wait and i'll see who the english actress was and i'll be like oh colin clinkenbeard oh wait holy shit that's reza hawkeye from full metal alchemist she did both series what and then i'll pull up her id imdb and i will see what else she's done i'm like oh she's been in this and this and this and this and this do, do they even try and change their voices but i mean i think being in the in the talent voice acting talent industry is very niche and specific too oh yeah because absolutely. it's like in, it's the same thing in japan they also just borrow each other and yeah. yeah for example like if i like this guy's voice like i like trunk's voice i start researching the other anime that the guy's in yes. there <laughs> And it's like mm, so I can just listen to it over and over. So that's so why they probably use the same talent. Yeah, I, I I think it's just the the talent pool is a little smaller to draw from. I mean, obviously it's getting bigger. Yeah. Um, but for a long time, between like I'd say 1999 and about 2011, 2012, you were hearing the same core, probably 30 voice actors across all of the dub stuff. And this is back when it used to take two to three years for an anime to reach Canada and then to be dubbed. And then it was disseminated. And most okay. dubbing, even for America, comes from Vancouver. Yep. It comes from Canada. Mm -hmm. Like that's where the big studios are. But that's probably also not where the money was. So that's why there was just a limited amount of people because if you have 60 people who only get half a living, then you'd rather yeah. have like 30 people who have a whole, who can make you know, like a whole living out of their profession. Yeah, and that, that's probably a lot of it too. But with you know, people being able to do fan dubs nowadays, within the nowadays, last yeah. 10, 10 years really, fan dubs have taken off. You know, that pool has grown. So dubbing companies are able to look at these fan dubs and be like, oh, wow, they did a really good job of lining up their audio with the video. You know, we should give them a job or we should, you know, look into who these people are and see if we can contract certain things out to them. So I think that that pool is growing, which is great because it brings in fresh voices and it brings in fresh perspectives and all of that stuff. That's a great move that people have been making. So we had, um, in conclusion here, we're going to head over to our listener questions again. And from Tom, he says, I've, it's anime and manga is not something I ever got into, but I'd love some recommendations on where to start. And then listener Karina expanded on that. And she said, um, Yes, I agree. I want to know this, especially since I had a bad experience when I was younger, when she watched manga and it was basically porn and she has not been brave enough to try again. So what are some shows, comics, um, anime, manga that they can try because they don't know the genre? Where would we start? For me too. These are my questions. <laughs> Minus the porn thing. I'm all in for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just have to tell us which one, then we can give you the exact name and what to look for. Girl on girl, boy on boy, or mix. <laughs> <laughs> they have separate names. Yep, they do. Um, I would start, um, oddly enough, as an adult, I would start with the, the, the younger audience stuff, like Sailor Moon, Captain Secura, Fruits Basket, if you want to go on to the uh, female-centered stuff. Um, for Tom, I would probably suggest like Inuyasha, Naruto, or One Piece. If you like that, if you get into start getting into that, and you want to kind of move down the rabbit hole a bit, then go to friend, uh, Crunchyroll or Funimation and scroll through the titles. 
Uh, Netflix also has an excellent selection of intro anime on it. So those titles, um, it's got Oran High School Host Club, if you just want a really cheesy rom-com, reverse harem, which I totally love and I wish they would continue. They've got a bunch of stuff. They've got some more mature stuff as well, so you, you got to be careful. I'm not mature like sex and whatnot, but a lot of violence. You'll find shows like Full Metal Alchemist. They have both animes on there, which I love. Brotherhood steals my heart because it follows the manga. Attack on Titan is another one that I'm watching. Season 3 is out right now on Crunchyroll. But caveat, it is gory. Gory. Uh-huh. There is gore. There is violence. A lot of people dying in the first episode. I mean, after Game of Thrones, everything's possible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think if you can watch Game of Thrones, you can make it through Attack on Titan. But I actually put Attack on Titan down for six months after the fifth episode. It because is too of much. the shock factor. Because of the shock factor. Uh, Sword Art Online is a great one. It deals with a lot of depression and anxiety and a lot of mental issues within the show, but it's all subtext. So it deals with it in a very nice, subtle way where it's not, this person has depression and they're committing suicide. But it's not, it's not something that is blatant. So it's, in my opinion, it's as someone with depression and anxiety, it's not a trigger show. So it's something you can watch without really having it trigger these issues. Those would really be my starts. And then if you want to move into like your reverse harems and your harem show, and you want to get into your niches after that, then I would say move into those after. But get a feel for anime first. And then move, and then I would say move into the manga. Find the manga afterwards because it's easy to get hooked on the anime. It's not so easy, in my opinion, to get hooked on the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Plus, there's a lot of storylines and arcs and characters that don't appear in the anime that you get in the, the mangas. Jenny, what are your suggestions to starting out? So for me, first of all, it's like what you like is what you like. Don't let anybody shame you. So if you like watching magical, little magical girls and you're a full adult, that's totally fine, okay? Guilty as charged. <laughs> and so, yeah, and anime and manga have so many varied topics from, you know, classic history to cooking, to horror, to careers, to slice of life. So there's so much you can you can choose from. So you just choose. So yeah, if, uh, you know, Tom would come to me, I would ask, what are you interested in? Because I wouldn't like give you, you know, porn if that's what you're not you're looking for. And of course, it's also the age, you know, I would like to be a little bit more appropriate because not all of it is appropriate for everybody and not everybody would like the topics. And yeah, there's, you know, trigger warnings. I'd like to be a trigger warning and says, you know, this this one deals with depression or political stuff. And if you just want to watch something mind numbing or you just want to laugh, then this is what I recommend. But I actually wrote down my top recommendations to start off. Um, Dragon Ball, not even Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball is what you start off with. There's a lot of arcs for this, um, arc storylines, and you just follow it through if you like it. And so if you like action, martial arts, less dialogue, more action, and then there are some funny moments, so Dragon Ball would, would be good. Uh, Sailor Moon is always a good start. Yay for female uh, warriors, female friendship, yeah. and empowerment. So that's always good. And there's also male love interest that has to be saved several times. But, you know, you don't see Sailor Moon saying, man up. You know, it's just, I love you. That's why I save you, which is so healthy in relationships. Mm-hmm. So if you like adventure, fantasy, love, female friendships, Sailor Moon's the what I recommend. Now, if you're into sports, my top three would be either Slam Dunk, which is basketball, Yowamushi no Pedal, which is for cycling, and then Diamond no Ace for, for baseball. Besides la- learning the sports themselves, uh, the integrity, the rules, the handling, it's just how they portray the struggles. So all of the main characters, they don't start off as, hi, I'm an expert. They actually start off, I really like doing this and see how I struggle and get to there. So that's why I like anime sports, because it's like, huh, I can relate to that. So if you like sports and comedy, 
um, do that. Bonus item, the main hero in Yomamushi no Pedal actually watches anime too. And what he does is that he sings the theme song so he can pedal. If you like comedy, martial arts, action, and a plot, One Punch Man. I don't know if you've heard about this. It's a story about a guy that he kills all of the monsters with just one punch. <laughs> and it's just, there's nothing else here. It doesn't have like special moves. It's just one punch and it's all that. But it's so, <laughs> oh my God, it's comedic gold. <laughs> it's just, yeah, if you want comedy and action, One Punch Man is, is the thing to go. And then, of course, my last one, um, One Piece. Now, some people wouldn't pick this up because of the art. It's it's different. It's more fluid and, and round is what I would say. But just because of the plot, it is really good um, considering it has 800 plus episodes plus movies. It's a massive, massive anime and manga. And it's about story about Luffy. He wanted to become the king of the pirates. He builds up his crew and all the obstacles that got into that. And the, the mangaka, uh, Ichiro Oda, says he's only half done with the main story. That's insane. Yeah, and sometimes the um, that's the thing too with like the Sailor Moon, uh, Game of Thrones thing is that he can't draw fast enough, yeah. <laughs> so that the anime would put a little bit of spoilers or redo a history of the past, you know, how many episodes to so that he can catch up. So if you like adventure, friendship, comedy, and fantasy, and you're in it for the long haul, one One Piece is is really good. Personal recommendation for Amanda, if you like. Comedy and slight pornish. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you heard about Ebichu. It is a story of a hamster. So it's told from a point of view of a hamster. And he's a pet of um, a female character. And of course, he sees, you know, what she's doing with her dates. <laughs> and it's like, it's okay. It's, it's pornish, but it's comedy gold. Ebichu is the name of the hamster. <laughs> I'll check it out. <laughs> and if you're going for, um, if you like the fantasy one, like Lord of the Rings, um, my really favorite was, uh, it's a classic. It's called Records of Lodosuar. It is based off the D&D Dungeons and Dragons game. So beautiful art, beautiful story. And, um, you know, you have the clerks, the elves, the humans, D&D type. Classic, classic. So for Monica... I don't know. What do you like, Harry Potter? I have all. I have enough mangas in my <laughs> shelf that I'm going to sell, so I don't need to get into them anymore. I'm, <laughs> but I was very into JoJo, so the female girly rom com stuff. So those were the ones I liked. They were like Hanakimi was one of my favorites there. <gasps> That's good. That's a good one. Um, there is actually. Sorry, I keep forgetting. There's this one anime. It's also a rom-com, but both uh, couples are nerdy. So one is one is a uh, she draws comic books, and the other guy is into games, gaming. And then they both work for the same company, so they're adults, and they have this difficulty of every time they get into a relationship and tell the other person that I'm into this. The, the the relationship cools off. And so when they Aww. met and say, oh, we're both, you know, nerds, otakus, why don't we start dating each other? They start playing D&D together and it's like, how can you kill me? You know, or, you know, give me mana and stuff. And the other couple is like that too. The other person is actually a cosplayer. I forgot the name. I will <laughs> I will later on, but it's it's a nice slice of life dealing with adult otakus and dating. We can put that in the show notes when you figure it out. Thanks for all your recommendations. Yeah, thank you for giving us some insight into this world that, that I didn't oh, I didn't know very much about. And I know that Monica knows a bit more. <laughs> Glad we could help. Yeah, thank you. So if our listeners want to find either of you on the vast internet, where can they do that? Natalie. I've got, well, Facebook and Instagram. I will put my stuff up on the show notes. But I did add my fanfiction and Wattpad accounts and Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Alicia17. 
So I'll put all that stuff up in the show notes. Jenny, where can we find you? So as a special treat to your listeners, I usually keep my life separate for, you know, my business and my fandom. So for fandom, you can find me on Tumblr. It's Night Lotus and N-I-T-E-L-O-T-U-S dot tumblr dot com. That's where my fan fiction lives. That's where my fandom lives. And it's not only just anime and manga. You know, there's Arashi in there. There's Supernatural in there. Supernatural. So, yeah. The series. Yeah. Series. Ah. Yes. Um, and of course, my fan fiction uh, lives there. So that's where you'll find me is on Tumblr. Brilliant. We will put all of these, all of this information in the show notes so you can connect with Jenny and Natalie. Okay, well, thank you so much, Jenny and Nat, for joining us. And thank you, listeners. I hope you have all learned something amazing about anime and manga that you didn't know before. If you have any cool anime and manga suggestions, you can put them on all our social media, which you can find at Geekering basically everywhere. And we will uh, let our outro tell you all that information. That is all we've got for you this week. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. If you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.